Hello everyone, this is the TBC Podcast with me, Tony Lowe. And today, I wanted just to say a few words on the value of writing. Now, I've had this conversation with multiple people in the past, and as some of you may know, I work in some capacity as an English teacher, which means that if there are students uh, who can speak foreign languages, I'm trying to teach them usually not how to build an understanding of English from the ground up, but to take the understanding they've already got and their already developed conversational skills and try to perfect them and push those skills to the next level. So that's the kind of teaching I usually focus on. Now, in the midst of this, I often have to speak about writing skills as well for, for my students. And many of them comment that they would actually like to write more, but feel stifled in their ability to do so. And sometimes I've spoken to people who feel they shouldn't write because they have no one to write to. Now, on that last point, the idea that you shouldn't write because there's no one to write to, uh, I always heartily disagree because I really try to explain what the value of writing is. And I kind of mention my students because it's really directly related to our ability to obviously use language. But I think going a step beyond that is directly related to our, our ability to think and specifically to think in a organized and clear manner. Now, the reason why I would therefore recommend that everyone take up writing as a practice is because I've learned from first-hand experience that I don't often really perceive what my ideas are or what I believe until I try to write them down, right? It's a funny phenomenon that you come across because many of us, when we go about our day-to-day -day lives, might feel that we have many um, ideas, beliefs, convictions that we know and understand in a crystalline way. But in fact, one of the real tests is um, if you try to express those ideas to someone else, you really see quite clearly whether you understand them or not. So writing isn't the only domain for this. I mean, for most of us, this comes to the fore in a conversation, right? So you might be wandering around for a week or so with all these ideas in your head. And then one day you meet up for a coffee with a friend and you find that, oh, you really want to tell them all these interesting things you've been thinking about. But lo and behold, when you actually come to speak to your friend, you find that you're actually a little bit muddled. You think, well, actually, how would I explain what I was thinking? And how would I do it clearly? And then perhaps even as you're explaining something, you go, hmm, now that I say it out loud, it doesn't really make as much sense as I thought it did. And in fact, maybe I, I've thought much less than I thought I did as well. Because obviously what can happen quite often is that it might feel like we're thinking a lot, but in fact, what we're doing is instead of really thinking a lot, we're tumbling around the same, perhaps even vague ideas in our head on, on a cycle. So in fact, we're just tumbling over the same idea instead of thinking through loads of new ones and, you know, blossoming a, an entire tree of, um, of understanding. So we can see that when we try conversation, right? So what does conversation force you to do? Well, when you have an idea that you are thinking through and you try and explain it to a friend, it makes you do two things. Well, it actually makes you do three things. Firstly, 
it requires you to put that idea in a straight line, right? And you can actually see this when you're speaking to someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about because they'll say one part of the idea and then they'll jump to another part and then they'll go, actually, no, the really the most important thing is this first thing. But then actually now I think about it, that means that this really important thing is this other thing over here, right? So they're almost like stumbling over their ideas. Um, and what they're actually trying to do in the process of that is is now unpack the idea that they had and make it all neat and organized, right? Uh, if this idea was to be structured and it was to flow in a certain order, what is now A, what is B, what is C? And if I'm putting A at the back, should I put C towards the middle and all this kind of stuff, right? Now, don't begrudge people in the process of doing that. I'm not saying that you should uh, be irritated with people who, who do that because often when you're speaking to someone about their ideas, you're simply helping them to think through it out loud, right? So you're actually being helpful in that process, even if they do have to stumble back and forth a bit. And, you know, if you use conversation in the right way, you can really help that. Socratic method is a very, very good tool for using that. If you want to know more about that, obviously I'd point you towards the academy, but it's at least worth a mention. So, yeah, when you are forced to speak about your ideas, you're forced to put your ideas in a straight line and unpack actually what you've said. What you've said. The second thing that you need to do is you need to communicate your ideas in a way which is relatively simple because obviously your ideas have to be stood, understood by another human being. So what that does is it takes ideas that you've got in your head which you might have bracketed or, or clumped up in all of these vague terms or apprehensions and it forces you to say what you mean clearly right in plain language and that does that achieves what i think is the third thing that uh speaking your ideas through does is it makes your ideas clear to yourself right not just the order of your ideas but the actual ideas themselves become clear to you or the faults become clear to you and i suppose that's arguably the fourth thing that happens right in one of two things can happen. Either you find the right words to express your ideas to someone else and you clean them all up and you put them in the right order and therefore you find that this idea that you initially had in utero, this vague idea that you initially had, which was only burgeoning, now becomes fully fully formed and, and clear. So that's the first thing that can happen. Or the second thing is that you bring this idea out of its shell and you find that this butterfly has actually got clipped wings. Not sure if that's the best way to express it, but hopefully you know what I mean. You find that this idea that you thought was very clear and very meaningful and perhaps even very true was in fact messy, unstable, broken, and frankly false, right? Now, both of these outcomes can be profoundly important. On the one hand, if you have a true idea that needs to become clear, then it's important because you want to clarify that idea for yourself so that you can use it properly, so that you personally can think about it properly. And indeed, if, again, if you're speaking to people, so that you can communicate it clearly to others as well. On the flip side of that, if you work through an idea and find it to be false, well then, if you were putting any stock in that idea at all, or you were putting any energy into it, 
then you realize that you can either then fix it up, redress it, um, find out what the faults are and, and work through them. Or perhaps you may even need to discard it, right? Because it's just not an idea that, that holds, it, holds its own weight. And so again, both are important. It's important to both know and keep true and good ideas. And it's also important to show and perhaps even discard false and faulty ideas, right? So really, that's what expressing our thoughts does. And what I'm saying, obviously, is expressing our thoughts through language. Given how language works, it, it requires structure and it requires communicability, which in turn requires clarity, right? So that's the value of communicating our thoughts. So that brings us to the value of writing itself because writing serves basically the same purpose, but with a couple of different elements at play. Now, the first one that comes to mind is when you are speaking to a friend face-to-face, with all the patients in the world, usually you only have a limited amount of time in which to speak, right? Uh, it might be 30 minutes, it might be an hour, it might be multiple hours, and some of us can be lucky enough to really sit down with someone for like four or five hours and have a really in-depth discussion. Uh, some of the best times in life, I personally think. Um, but obviously, most of us only have a limited amount of time. And even in the flow of a conversation, really, we're all conscious of the idea that there's a limited amount of time from sentence to sentence. So yes, if you zoom out, the whole conversation might have lasted four or five hours, but how much time really do you have to express your ideas when you're sat there in front of your friend, right? Do you really want to test their patience and make them sit there in silence for five minutes when you try to think for the exact right thing to say? Well, no, obviously not, right? Everyone knows that a natural conversation has its own momentum and we have to really roll with that. That has its benefits because in some way it just pushes us to the point more quickly. But obviously the downside is that it also rushes us in a certain sense, um, can make us stumble needlessly over what we need to say. Writing, on the other hand, really doesn't have that downside. Now, sure, you can maybe only give a certain amount of time to each day to write. I'm not saying that any of us perhaps have four or five or six hours to sit down and just think about one thing. But even so, the writing on the page stays where it is and it only moves according to your own pace, right? I mean, yeah, maybe you've got a deadline if you're writing a blog or something for an audience, but say if you're just writing for yourself, you can write a sentence and then if you hit a wall, instead of waiting for someone in front of you to hold fire for five minutes as you think through what you need to say you can just leave it on that page walk off have a shower go about your day maybe you wait 24 hours till you come back and think ah now i know what the next sentence needs to be right the thought process the development of actually thinking through your ideas is still happening but it allows it much more time for itself and i think that's one of the primary values of of writing Secondly, it's the same value of organizing your thoughts, but obviously with writing, we do it so much more explicitly, right? So, for example, if I'm speaking to my friends about 
any given topic, well, let's say it's a formal topic, something like politics or philosophy, then very seldom do you or I or anyone else actually structure these conversations as if we're writing, say, a scholarly essay, right? We don't necessarily start with the introduction, move through the body, go to the conclusion, and then tie together all the references. And we can do in a certain way, and I've explained that in my, uh, I believe I explained that in the rhetoric series, in the trivium, where I explained that even in a lecture or perhaps even a, a discussion, you can still work through three basic stages of explanation, but th that's to one side for now. But in any case, writing really does force it to be explicit and structured, right? And that can even work retrospectively. So, so what, am I, what do I mean by all of this that I've just rambled through? Well, what I mean is that you can start by writing through an idea, right? Say that you want to think about the meaning of life and you've got 10 different ideas in your head. Well, is it something to do with happiness? Is it something to do with God? Is it something to do with religion? Is it something to do with science? And you have this vague apprehension that these things are all connected in some way, but you're not really sure how or why. So what can you do? Well, especially with a computer now that you can edit and move things as you please, you can think, okay, well, in the forefront of my mind is the idea that it's got something to do with God. So you can sit down and write about why you think happiness has something to do with God. Okay. You come back later and think, hmm, but why does it have something to do with happiness? And you sit down and write that down again. And then you can do this again and again. And even whilst you're writing out those topics, you might think, hmm, I first had an idea that it had something to do with God, but it also has something to do with human nature. Now, does that connect to the idea that it's to do with God? If so, is human nature more important first, or is it actually God that comes before that, right? And again, you're digesting everything in your own time, at your own pace. But then here's the thing. You can ret retrospectively go back and look at what you've written and say, do you know what? Actually, the topic of God was more important. It actually preceded the topic of happiness. In fact, if I was going to understand this idea really clearly, in fact, if I was going to express this idea very clearly, then I would start by talking about God and then I would talk about happiness afterwards. And you can do that, right? So you can then go back and put God before happiness in, in the scheme of writing. You can then go through the different sentences and look at the syntax and think, okay, so if these ideas are all being strung together, how exactly would they flow neatly and how, how exactly would they flow neatly and smoothly in order to, to, to be clear? And you'll find that in the process of doing that, when you've kneaded them out for someone else, and when you've smoothen, smoothened them up, my apologies, they will actually be neater and smoother in your own mind. Frankly, you will understand your own ideas better. So I attest to that as something which is really useful for people because I have done that myself. I mean, my, the best example of that that I've worked through is my book, Echoes of Eden, which is a reflection on happiness and, and hedonism in the Christian life. Now, that book was never actually really intended for an audience. Um, I started off by writing it for myself, but I still chose to structure it as a book because I knew... The best way for me to understand these ideas was to organize them in the written form. 
And so if any of you see, I mean, if I was to write that book again now, I would probably only write the last two or three chapters because that's actually where all of the conclusions are and the real hammer stroke of the argument. But I needed to write all of the chapters before it to build up to that point, to unpack all of the ideas that were burgeoning in my mind, lay them out, find out what questions they raised, what problems they presented, and then think through in writing how those problems could be addressed and worked through. So that's what the book is. It's a working out of that process. Uh, and then by the end, I'd reached my conclusions. And I believe in those conclusions now. Here's the thing. I didn't when I started writing. I genuinely didn't know what I believed about the balance between happiness and Christian morality when I started writing that book. But by the end of it, I did. And I do now because I was able to chew through all of my ideas and digest my own conclusions. So that really is the value of writing. So what's an opportunity for anyone to do this, right? I mean, I now do have an audience, so I do keep that in mind. I know that I am, to a certain degree, writing for other people now when I'm making my new books. But even if you didn't have an audience or even intended to have one, there are still many options, right? Um, you could start just typing away in a journal on the computer or by hand. You could keep a diary of some kind. You could make a proto-blog which doesn't hook up to anything, right? So you can make your own blog, but then just not release it to anyone. These are all options you've got. You could format your own essays. You could structure your own skeletons of books and fill them in and just to pad out your ideas. And by the way, when I say essays and books, like an essay can be anywhere between 500 to 10,000 words. A book can be anywhere between 30 and 3,000 pages. So you don't have to, you know, if you're not working for a publisher, for example, you don't have to worry about your word count. But these are all just different formats you can use. And then the, I suppose the final thing I would say with that in mind is uh, there really is an important difference between writing by the pen and writing on a keyboard. And I'll speak to that very briefly. In my experience, it's better to write on a keyboard when I have to express something quickly, which doesn't necessarily need to be 100% robust. So if I have an idea that I want to express, and I'm actually quite happy to express it as if I was just talking to someone else in front of me, then I'd be content to use a keyboard. Um, it's somewhere in between, uh, like extreme disciplined writing and casual conversation. It, it puts me somewhere in between that. Whereas if I'm trying to, if I'm really stuck on like a philosophical concept, for example, that I'm trying to work through, that is when I reach for the pen. And the reason for that quite simply is because it slows me down. And it also means that I can't just throw my words around too much because obviously the pen, not even a pencil, but the pen can't be removed. I can cross out and stuff. But I think the main point is that it slows me down. Like when I'm actually putting pen to paper, I'm having to think through every word in the sentence carefully. And I find that the thought process is more careful and gradual whilst the sentence is unpacking itself, 
Um, I found, for example, when I type, if I'm thinking through a philosophical concept and I type it out, then the sentence has already been typed before I've even really started to think about it. Whereas when I'm writing by hand, it's slow enough that I'm thinking about it at the same pace as I'm writing it. And so the thoughts move to somewhere more solid, a bit more carefully. I don't know how that would speak to anyone else's experience, but it's, uh, it was definitely at least worth a mention. Anyway, so yeah, that's why I think writing is valuable. If, if any of you have got the time to write, especially if you're trying to figure things out, especially if you've got ideas that you want to think through and don't feel like you understand your own thoughts clearly enough, then I would highly recommend taking up writing as a discipline. And also definitely treat it as a discipline. It is a muscle that you can develop, not only in terms of speed, but in terms of structuring, clarity, word choice, progression, the lot of it. Um, I've been writing for some years now, and I can definitely tell that I'm not very much rhetorical with my writing, but just in terms of how easy I find it to write, say, a thousand words now compared to five years ago. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's much easier much, much easier because I've practiced and everyone else can practice too. So yeah, um, that's what I'd recommend for sure. Anyway, I don't want to now uh, start repeating myself. So I think that's a good place to, uh, to close up. Thank you again all for your time. Uh, if you want to find more of my work, you can go to tonyvclow.com, all one word, T-O-N-Y-V-C-L-O-W-E.com for my main hub website, which gives links to um, all of my work, basically. And uh, obviously, if you want to see any of my courses as well, go and check out the TVC Academy. Again, all one word, thetvcacademy.com. God bless you and take care.